0: But that's not why we came today. We came today for something different. Yesterday I was here as well. Yesterday I was here at the church building. I had the honor of being a guest at Liam Grigsby's first birthday party. I saw several of you guys here. I've been a guest at a few different first birthday parties recently because as the church family knows, we are about one year removed from the HRCC baby boom. We had had seven babies born in one year, and and we're a year past that now. So it's been a season of baby dedication ceremonies. It's been a season of, of first birthday parties. We got two more babies on the way this year, so that's like the mini boom. That's the aftershock after the seismic event that was... 2020. Here we are, 2021, or I don't know, I can't even do math anymore. Uh, But I was here as a guest at at Liam's first birthday party, and it was was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. And everybody here has been to a birthday party, especially if you've been to a, a child's first birthday. There are predictable elements of that ceremony, right? Every birthday party looks a little bit different, but there are certain things that with relative certainty we can expect are gonna happen at at a ceremony like that. There's gonna be balloons, probably. There's gonna be, especially if there's a baby involved, there's gonna be people taking pictures, right? There's gonna be presents, a table full of presents. Uh, Everybody knows when they go to a birthday party uh, you're going to have to sing, but we all know what song you're going to have to sing, right? There's a song that we always sing at birthday parties. If it's a birthday party for a one-year-old, chances are excellent that at some point there's some sort of pastry that's going to be destroyed with fist and face, right? There's things that we know to, to expect. While I was at the birthday party yesterday, uh, Michael and Lauren Brommeyer, who were also guests at the party, reminded me, that yesterday was their sixth wedding anniversary. I had forgotten, forgive me, folks, it wasn't in my calendar, uh, but it was in my calendar six years ago because I had the privilege of, of officiating their wedding ceremony, uh, and their rat is also one years old now. Uh, I remember their wedding ceremony. It was one of my favorite wedding ceremonies ever. You're good, you're good. Here at church, we pray that people will come from towards the altar. <laughs> that's what we do. And if it takes a baby to lead us, that's fine. So don't you worry about it at all. Now, Michael and Lauren had a beautiful wedding ceremony. It was at the Arboretum. Uh, It was unique in in that way. The only time I've I've done a ceremony at the Arboretum. But it still had the things that we expect at a wedding ceremony. Every wedding ceremony is a little bit different. But if you have a a wedding ceremony, you can expect that there's going to be rings. Right? You can expect that there's gonna be vows. You can expect that somebody's gonna be crying somewhere. I, I did Josh and Nicole's wedding. How many years ago was that, Josh? Putting you on the spot. It's okay, Nicole's not here. She's doing kids' so. Nine? These gonna go nine. Can we just all agree? It is on YouTube. So. Yeah, don't take your shoes off now. Don't take your shoes off to count. They got married at Brookfield Zoo. There was severe thunderstorms going on. I mean, we almost all died that day. It was, it was, it was a, but that was a memorable wedding. But there's things that happen at the ceremony. In my family, we're starting to talk about another ceremony that'll be coming up next spring for us. My daughter, Jessica, will be graduating from high school. Every high school graduation looks a little bit different, but there's, there's robes, right? You can count on robes, you can count on, on, on the hats, the mortar boards, I think they call them. You can count on a speaker, you can count on the, you know, you move the thing or you throw the hat. There's things that we know happen in ceremonies. Uh, human beings like to commemorate important events with a good ceremony. It's just something about the way we're designed. Like, what's the point, you know? Like, have you ever wondered, like, what's the point? But there's something about the way we were designed that human beings tend to just like to commemorate important events with a good ceremony. I believe God designed us that way. And so it shouldn't surprise us that God would provide us with a ceremony to celebrate our inclusion in his kingdom. We've been talking for several months now on Sunday mornings about the kingdom of God and what exactly Jesus said that means. Uh, but this is the ceremony that celebrates our inclusion in the kingdom of God. Now, water baptism certainly isn't unique to Christianity. There are all kinds of ancient religions that included baptism ceremonies of one type or another. But in the New Testament, we get very, very specific descriptions and explanations about how and why baptism is a meant It's meant to be part of the story for every follower of of Jesus. And that's what I want to look at just briefly today before we do it. Today is like chemistry class in high school. We're going we're gonna to study in the classroom and, and then we're going to take it into the lab. You know what I'm saying? We're going to do that. So we're just going to study a few moments here. In the book of Romans, we find Paul writing about how Christians can live in the confidence of God, in the grace of God, that God in his grace forgives all of our sins. And I want to read to you, you'll see it on the screens, what Paul has to say in that context. I'm reading now from Romans chapter six, beginning in verse one. And this is from the New Living Translation. It says this, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. We sang that this morning, didn't we? Yeah, we did. (laughs) For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. I want to quickly today just give you three statements about baptism. And I've got a keyword for each one of them. Each one comes from this passage that I've just read. And the first is this. Baptism demonstrates that we are new creatures. That's what it does. It demonstrates that we are new creatures. It doesn't make us new creatures. It demonstrates that we are new creatures. Here's the way that the passage that I I read, puts it, it's back in verse 2. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? That's what we're saying, we're new creatures. Baptism is a ceremony meant to celebrate the fact that when we became Christians, something about us fundamentally changed. Do we understand that? That's what that ceremony is saying. There's something about who I am that's just fundamentally different than it used to be because I follow Jesus. Now, there's a clarification I want to be really, really quick to make here. Some folks I know have made that decision for Jesus. They've become Christians. They've said, I, I believe that God has forgiven me of my sin and I want to follow Jesus all the days of my life. But they think that they should delay baptism. They think they should put it off for a while because even though they believe in Jesus, they don't think they look like other Christians, right? Right? You know who I'm talking about. These are the people that... They they come to church, but they don't know all the songs yet, right? They're kind of the, 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 the sway and mumble crowd, right? Like, I know the song. Slave to sin. Right? These are the folks that read their Bibles, but they don't know how to look up every verse. They haven't figured out if a Thessalonian comes before a Philippian, or is it vice versa yet, right? They haven't figured all of that out yet. These are folks... That, that, you know, they pray, but they don't always feel like they know the right words to pray with. Man, I, I pray, but I sure don't sound like Sylvette when I pray, man. That, that, that lady can pray, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's these folks. These are folks, they still like fast food. But they haven't figured out that Chick-fil-A is the greatest of all the fast foods, right? You know what I mean? They aren't quite, you know, feeling like the other Christians yet. That's, that's all I'm saying here. Put simply, they don't feel like they fit in. Because that old self that we talked about in that passage, the old self is just still too familiar, too comfortable, too recent, And so they think, well, maybe I need to just put baptism off until I get a little better at this Christianity thing. You need to hear me say in concert with what the word of God says, oh, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. If that was your thought or if that was your attitude, that's a mistake. The passage that we read talks about dying to sin and dying to sin doesn't mean that we never sin again. If that were true, we wouldn't need Jesus anymore, right? Dying to sin doesn't mean I'm never going to sin again. You read beyond the passage that we read. I read from Romans chapter 6. Read the rest of chapter 6. Read into chapter 7, and you're going to hear Paul talk about the problems that we still have with sin, the ongoing problems that we still have with sin in the life of a believer. You see, we are expected to have all of those things figured out at the point of our baptism. Uh, we, we get better and better along the way. We ought to get better at life along the way. But we don't ever figure out the sin problem completely. At least not this side of heaven, right? That's not a reason to put off your water baptism. Uh, let me put it this way. Uh, on the day that I got married, uh, there was a ceremony. Sue and I, you'll be shocked to know, had a wedding ceremony, Right? <laughs> And on that day, just like Josh, just like Michael, I was not a perfect groom. I was not yet a perfect husband. Now here I am 18 years later, don't worry. (laughs) I'm still not a perfect husband. On my best days, I'd like to think I'm a little better at it now than I was 18 years ago because I got some miles on the odometer, right? I'd like to think I got a few more things figured out, but then I have days where I'm like, I still have no idea what I'm doing. Any husbands in the room want to say a hearty amen to that? <laughs> there are days when it's just, I'm, I still don't know what I'm doing. But here's the thing. I didn't put off my wedding ceremony because I didn't have it all figured out yet. I didn't say, you know what? Let's sign the paperwork, but let's not have the ceremony until, until I really feel like a husband. Then I'll be ready. No, 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 because that's not what the ceremony is about. It's about that transformation. Baptism is like it. It says, look, I know I'm not perfect yet, and some days I'm a far sight from it. But something about me has still fundamentally changed because I'm not who I used to be. I'm not who I used to be. Sin no longer has the final word in my life. And that's really the change. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the authority in my life. I may still sin, but unlike the olden days, sin no longer has the final word in my life. And that means that today, I'm different. And the reason for that difference is really pretty straightforward. Baptism also demonstrates that we are united with Jesus. The Bible says we used to be alienated from Jesus. We used to be far from him, we used to be distant from him, but baptism is that ceremony that celebrates that now we are united with Jesus. Verse three put it this way, we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism. When I prepare new believers for baptisms, That's one of the things that I really want to emphasize a lot. One of the reasons that in our church we typically practice water baptism the way we do it, by immersion, is because... Baptism in particular by immersion serves as a visual reminder that we were united to Jesus, that we belong to Jesus, that just like Jesus died, our old self has died. And just as Jesus was buried, we are being buried under the water. And just as Jesus was raised anew, so we too are raised, resurrected anew. It's a visual reminder of what has happened. It's a ceremony that demonstrates that we are now associated with Jesus. And the key word, you can see it on the screens here, is initiation. Baptism is a ceremony of initiation into the family of God. If you listen to me preach, you'll hear me say oftentimes, the people of God. The people of God, baptism is that ceremony by which we are initiated into that new community. You don't get baptized into this church. I don't baptize people into Hobson Road Community Church. You don't get baptized into the denomination, the assemblies of God to which we affiliate, right? You don't get baptized, you get baptized into the kingdom of God. Right? It's an initiation into the kingdom. It's a way of demonstrating I belong to this community now. Where I went to college, uh, they did not have a Greek system. And my parents rejoiced. Um, but as I understand it, if you're going to join a fraternity in college, there's a ceremony typically that initiates the pledges into the fraternity. You don't get into the frat unless you go through the initiation ceremony. And what that initiation ceremony says, no matter where you came from, no matter well, you know, where you came from to go to this school, no matter what state you're from, no matter where you were before, once you go through this ceremony, you are now part part of a new fellowship. You know, you are now part of a new community. You are now associated with and affiliated with you're one of us is what that ceremony says. Listen to this. These are the last words that Jesus ever spoke to his followers right before he ascended into heaven. You can read them in Matthew chapter 28 verse 19. He said to his followers, "Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. These are, these are Jesus' marching orders, right? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, baptizing them. That, that phrase that says, go and make disciples of all the nations. Can I give you a little language here? If we were to translate what he actually said, what the Bible in its original language actually says, if we were to put that into like Google Translate and just get word by word, what are the words that Jesus used right there? Here's what Jesus literally said. He said, therefore, go disciple all ethnicities. He did the word ethnos in the Greek there. He said, therefore, go disciple all ethnicities. He's saying, when you meet people around the world, no matter where they came from before, Give them the ceremony of baptism to signify that they are now part of a new fellowship. No matter where you came from before, this ceremony initiates you and says, these are my people now. We listen, we hear in our hearts, the Holy Spirit say, this one's mine. This one belongs to me. This is the association now. We've been initiated into a, a, a new family. And baptism says something wonderful about that new fellowship. Baptism demonstrates that we have a certain future, a certain future. I'm going to reread verses eight and nine from the passage I read earlier. Paul says, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this. Oh, aren't those good words to hear? We know it. We are sure of this. We have a certain future. Salvation through Christ is not a matter of crossing your fingers and hoping. Salvation in Christ is an assurant confidence, and it's baptism that points us to that. There should be an air, not of hope against hope, but of confident celebration about a baptism. We aren't merely signifying that something has already taken place. Yes, we're doing that, but that's not the only thing that we're saying. We are also looking ahead to something that we know will take place. We are literally, with our baptism, announcing the good news. The key word here is proclamation. Baptism is a proclamation that says, My future is certain. Now I want to be very, very careful here so that nobody misunderstands what I said. I am not saying that baptism saves you. There is nothing in the Bible that even a little bit suggests that somebody who has been baptized automatically goes to heaven. Like we get to the pearly gate and St. Peter checks to see if we're wet, right? That's not how that works at all. This, uh, baptism isn't what saves you. Salvation comes... By the grace of God. Salvation does not come by a bucket of water. Do we understand what I'm saying there? Okay? I'm not saying that baptism saves you. What I am saying is that baptism, the ceremony of baptism, is a tool that God has given us to remind ourselves, to remind our minds and our hearts and our bellies of the truth that we now proclaim to the world. And that truth is that resurrection is real. It's not a myth. It's real. Heaven is real. Our future future is real. When you emerge from the baptism waters, you remind your spirit that just as you came up from the waters just now, one day you will rise up and you will awaken to a new world, a new reality, a new way of life. You are saying, I know that my future is certain. I know that my future is certain. So why do we baptize? I mean, let's get back to that. That's where we started. Like, why why do this? Because it does feel a little different. There are church traditions that are built very much on ceremony. You know what I'm saying. The type of church where the way they do worship together is... They come together, and just like I described the birthday parties, just like I described the wedding ceremonies, of the graduation, you already know what's going to happen when you come in the door. We're going to do this many responsorial psalms. We're going to say these words. When this guy says this, we're all going to say that. We're going to do that. Everybody knows the routine. You can always pick a visitor out at a church like that because they don't know the routine. Are we supposed to be standing? Are we supposed to be sitting? Are we supposed to be walking? Where are we supposed to go here? Where are we supposed to go? There are a lot of churches that the worship environment is based very much on ceremony. I wanna be quick to say there is nothing wrong with that. I believe that we are wired for ceremony. It kinda goes right into our hearts and right into our heads, helps us remember the most important things. Churches like ours tend to be not built so much on ceremony, or at least we think. But I'll tell you what, what I've noticed is your pastor, you all have your your favorite seats. (laughs) My family's really thrown me this morning, by the way. This isn't nerve-wracking at all for me right here. (laughs) I was fine with the baby crawling on the, on the podium, but it's like my wife and my mom and my daughter sitting right here, it's got me a little uh, on a kilter, right? Because we all have our seats and, and you belong over there and you belong right there, right, right? Just had to get that off. Most of y'all know that at HRCC, we're gonna, we're gonna sing one song at the beginning and then somebody's gonna give a couple of announcements and then we're gonna sing two or maybe three other songs And then I'm going to yammer on about something and we're going to dismiss the kids. You know what I mean? We have our very own liturgy. We have our very own ceremony. We have our very own routine. But in a lot of ways, they aren't quite as obvious as some of the ceremonies, some of the routines in the way other churches worship together. And so it has a tendency for us. I'm going to really mix a very, very bad metaphor here. Are you ready for this? Sometimes I think we throw the baptisms out with the bathwater right? Like, we don't do ceremony here. Like, do we even really need to do that? Like, isn't it just like, we don't believe, like, you heard me say it a few minutes, there's nothing special about the water. There's nothing magical about it. Do we really even need to, like, what matters? Why did the, so I didn't get wet. I mean, does that really matter? Do we really need ceremonies like baptism Well, church, the answer from scripture is an overwhelming, resounding yes. Every follower of Jesus that has the opportunity to do so ought to be baptized in water. They ought not to wait until they feel like, well, I guess I'm ready now. But when they come to that point that says, I choose to follow Jesus, step one is initiation into the family. The Bible says that comes by way of water baptism and here's the thing I'm not a big ceremony guy I'm not into like the formalities of this I'm not talking about baptism I'm just talking about in general in life right like I'm kind of one of more of those let's just take it as it comes but when I think about the moments that have defined the course of my own life I think about ceremonies I really do I think about graduation ceremonies. I think about wedding ceremonies. I think about my ordination ceremony as a pastor. I think about the installation service I had when I became your pastor, specifically. At almost every turning point in my life, there's been a ceremony. There's been an anchor point in my memory that helps define and articulate my life story. And I dare say it's the same for just about everybody here. And that's why we baptize. We baptize as a way of of defining and articulating our spiritual life story. It is the anchor point that says, from this point forward, this is who I am. So we're going to celebrate that today. Jim, would you bring up the, the supplies we need at the very beginning? We're gonna bring a chair up to the front because our very first baptismal candidate this morning is Louise. Louise first; is here, and we're gonna baptize her right in front here, and then in a few minutes, we'll have the other folks be dismissed. Hot pink, we picked it out just for you, Louise. <laughs> just for you here. Just for you here. If you'd like to come sit in this chair, Louise, I'm going to say a few words about you and on your behalf, and then we're going to baptize you together. Louise has been attending HRCC for a series of months now, along with her daughter, Sherry, and her son-in-law, Les. They sit almost every Sunday right in front here, so thank you guys for taking your right seats. This This is good. I feel good about this. But Louise had expressed to her family and... Um, You know what? I'm going to come around this way, so I'm
1: not talking behind you here.
0: Louise had expressed to Sherry and the rest of her family recently that she felt like this was the time in her life when she needed to be baptized in water. Louise has attended churches in other places and other locations um, throughout the course of many years, right? Yeah. But she's never been baptized in water. And this last week, uh, she and Sherry came to visit me in the office. And Louise just gave me a beautiful, beautiful statement of her testimony. She said, Pastor Dan, when I came to your church, something was different. And she says, I, I feel like, and, and I want to be clear, I don't take the credit for this. HRCC, I don't give you the credit for this. This is the Lord. Right? Amen? This is the Lord. But she just said, I, something clicked. I'm paraphrasing now, aren't I? <laughs> something clicked that hadn't clicked before. And she said, I want the world to know that I follow Jesus. Amen. Now, Louise is not going to brave the stairs into the tub. (laughs) And so we're going to baptize her this morning the way they do at the beauty salon. (laughs) We're going to say a prayer with her, and she's going to tip her head back, and I'm just going to gently pour some very warm water over your head. Church, can we pray together for Louise here? Father, we thank you for our sister. And by this ceremony today, we signify that indeed she is our sister, that she is called your daughter by your name, and that it is your spirit that is within her. And we thank you, Lord, for including her in your family. We thank you, Lord, that you have given her to your kingdom, that you might speak through her, that you might anoint her, that you might bless her. And so Louise, it is my privilege today, because of your profession of faith, to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. (laughs) Uh (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, I am going to invite Becky and Dave. They're already there. And we have six other baptismal candidates that are going to join me in the back in just a moment. But as we get ourselves prepared for would you stand and just join Becky and Dave as they leave one more song? You know, what Dan talked about baptism, I remember when I was younger and was baptized. And the thing
2: that's always impressed me about what I added to my life was more power and more strength to live each day. And so I think today they will be walking away with strength and power. We'd like to sing again uh, on the same theme that we
3: did this morning about there's power in the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing.
0: Yeah, tell them all when you get out. It's warm. It's, okay. it's warm. <laughs> I asked these candidates to just prepare a couple of words um, on why they're being baptized today. Lori, take it away.
2: Okay, I was born and raised as a Catholic and baptized as an infant. We went to church every Sunday, so I had always known about God. I got married in the Catholic Church and brought our kids up in the Catholic Church, but there was always something missing, and after time I fell totally away from the church. When my daughter was a junior in high school, she started asking questions, and we both wanted to seek out a new religion in church. We started attending different churches. Eventually, a couple of her friends told her about HRCC, and she started attending the youth group, and we both attended Sunday service. I knew from the start that I liked what i seen here, and after attending for a while, I became a member. I always told myself that there is no need to be baptized, as I was already baptized. I started to work with the kids in Iwanis and was learning right along with them as I never had a Bible growing up and I never received a, I had received a prayer book when I made my first communion, but that was not a Bible. But as time went on and life happened, I was encouraged by a dear friend and pastor to join her Bible study. That too was not a concept I grew up with. Things at home were getting difficult with my husband's health. I felt so many times that I was navigating through all these medical issues by myself. Oh, I prayed but I needed something more, and I started attending Pastor Mary Ann's Bible study. I was amazed at the amount of support these women gave each other, and it got me to take time to dig into the Bible. Being raised the way I was, I don't recall ever seeing my mom open the Bible unless she was recording a birth or a death in it. The other thing as a child that was instilled in me was that you never went to the priest if you had an issue. That has taken me a long time to overcome. And now it seems so silly. Why wouldn't I go to Pastor Dan if I had an issue or if I needed prayers? Here we openly ask for prayer requests. I wasn't raised like that, nor having a conversation with the Lord. Our prayers consisted of Mary's and the Lord's prayer, but never just talking to God as a person. That has changed my life. It is still hard sometimes for me to ask for prayer or help or even to pray out loud, but I'm working on that and I know how much prayer matters in our lives because I've seen answers to prayers many times, and I have seen several miracles when it comes to my husband. If it wasn't for all your prayers and God's grace, he would not be here today. I firmly believe that. Getting baptized was something that had been weighing on me for a long time. And several weeks ago, pastor had a sermon on how to get closer to God, and there were three things that he discussed, praying, reading the Bible, and attending church. But in my heart, I knew that I also needed to be baptized. I had to stop telling myself that I've already been baptized because that was not my decision, that was my parents. This time around it's different. The Lord himself has put it on my heart that the time is now and this time I'm listening. So Lord, I'm 100% committed to you.
0: We at HRCC, we know Lori. She's been here longer than I have.
1: <laughs>
0: we know Lori, we love Lori, but we also see what God is doing in Lori's life. We rejoice in that. Lori, we as witnesses to this event in your life want to affirm that what you have articulated something, what you have articulated today is obvious, that we see the hand of God upon you today and we rejoice in that. So Lord, because of your profession of faith, it is my privilege today to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The table is waiting, sir. Come on in. Feeling good. This is Jeffrey. He's one of my favorite young men in the ABRC. Jeffrey, would you like to say a couple words
1: about why you're being baptized today? Sure. Um, Well, uh, the decision uh, really came on Monday. It was actually my brother's idea. He'll be coming next. And basically he wanted to do it because of his experience at uh, the uh, youth retreat uh, a few weeks ago. And when he told mom that he wanted to do it, I reflected on my own experience. And it wasn't as uh, strange as his, more so I felt a strange sense of bliss and calmness and peacefulness. It was then that I realized that how do I say this? Um, all these struggles of the world and uh, the nations, kingdoms, and politics are they're all temporary. (laughs) Only the kingdom of heaven will last all fall. And so by John said he wanted to be baptized. And mom asked me if I want to be baptized as well. I said, yes, I will.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey's one of my favorite young men in this congregation. And I want to just tell you, church, if you haven't had an opportunity to sit down and discuss the things of God with Jeffrey, you've missed out. The Lord has given you a brilliant mind for the ways of God. I really believe that. And we as your church family affirm that today. We affirm that on you. Father, I pray that you would outpour your blessing upon your servant Jeffrey. I pray, Lord, that you would fill him with your spirit, that you would anoint him for service all the days of his life. I pray, Lord, that every plan that you have for him, every good and perfect gift, would come to fruition and be fulfilled in his life as he serves you. We pray all of these things in the powerful name of his Savior and ours, Jesus Christ. And now, Jeffrey, because of your profession of faith, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: To God more that, morning, of that does. Amen. Should we pass that up for
0: Kat? <laughs> Spirit of God is on this young man. Amen. Amen. I can tell you, as a pastor, I've watched since he was a little boy, I've watched him grow up in that heritage. But I've watched with particular interest, John, over the last couple of months, the Holy Spirit has highlighted you in this fellowship. Because this is beginning of a new age for you. This is the beginning of a new day for you. And we rejoice in the fact that you are recognizing that. And so John Cornelius, because of your profession of faith today, it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Back backhoe with water and baptized each other. So now, according to Acts chapter 22, verse 16, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins as you call upon his name. Boy, is that Deb's testimony or what? What are you waiting for? Yeah. There you are. Well, Deb is dear, and she's a blessing to this congregation. It's a joy to journey with her on her faith. It's a joy to be alongside her as she discovers what God has for her. Isn't it, Church? Oh, yeah! yeah. I'd say church we love you, but more importantly than that, we see that your Father loves you. We see that He saved you. We see that He holds you and gathered you to Himself and He chose you for His own. And it's because of your profession of faith today that it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
4: important things, and I really want to show him I love him and want to follow him for the rest of my life. I want to witness more of his miracles and be
0: able to rest in his presence forever. Some are a little bit more special to the pastor than others. I hope that's okay with you guys. (laughs) But Tyler, your mom and I prayed for you before we ever even met you that the hand of God will be upon you in your life. And today is one important marker in that story. And so it's not just me as your dad, and it's not just your parents, but it's your entire church family today who bear witness to the fact that God's hand is upon you, that you are his beloved, that his spirit is within you, and that it is his plans for your life that will prevail and no others. Amen, church? Amen. And so Tyler Daniel Martinson... It is my privilege, because of your profession, it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
4: has been weighing heavily on my mind. And when it was in the bulletin about baptisms, I'm like, Pastor Dan must have known. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been looking forward to this ever since. The meaning of this has touched my heart so deeply. My life, God has been with me for so many times. And I am blessed I him to be here. As it was a 5% chance for Ryan and Nikki to have a child, there was a 5% chance for me to live the first night after my accident. God was with me, He carried me. I was never afraid of dying. I am so blessed to have a father like our God that we have at this baptism. It's just elated me, it really is. I am just, me, it's so much to me. Thank you
0: all <laughs> I'm gonna pray with Christine right here, before you turn and, and do the baptism itself. But Christine, we, as your church family, affirm, as, as we have for others, that we see the hand of God in your life, we see the Spirit of God in your life, and we see the, the face of Jesus, your Savior, in so many ways through your life, and we, we thank you for that, you are a joy to us, you are a joy to us, but Lord, we recognize today that Chris is more to you even than she is to us, That you have saved her, you have set her aside, sealed her with your spirit, and said, this one belongs to me. You have redeemed her for such a time as this, even as the word says, right? For such a time as this, that she would live every day of her life knowing that she is on her father's mission. She is on her father's mission. And we rejoice in that today. And it is with those joy-filled hearts that we join Christine in this ceremony. In the training here, you just grab me however you like. Chris, because of your profession of faith, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. are dismissed. There's goodies and coffee in the cafe. There are people to congratulate and greet, and there's a lot of rejoicing to be done. Go with God's blessing. And
3: Grandma, would you like a picture with Tyler?
0: Shake
2: take your coat off. The mm-hmm. while she takes a picture <laughs> <laughs> of okay, Thank you. Alright. Perfect. you I can do you want just to attack? Yeah. Thank you.